wherever you listen throughout the world. It's football time! I wish that I was on old Rocky Top down in the Tennessee Hills. Oh, yes, it's the gridiron, guys. And we are living in a world where Tennessee has finally beaten Alabama. Oh, it's crazy. What a game. And I'm sure someone that has only just re-entered the atmosphere after just absolutely losing his head and watching that game. Cam, big weekend, mate. How are you going? Oh, I was okay. You just stole my thunder. I was ready to go with the old recording. I was... I reckon I could listen to this a hundred times and never get sick of it. So everyone else is going to sit and enjoy it right now. <laughs> Perfect stuff, man. It was such a huge weekend, wasn't it? Like crazy oh, it game, was. crazy atmosphere. Mate, uh, best thing ever. Oh, look, the uh, defense would just fell apart and everyone didn't even think about trying to stop the ball. It was just a matter of who could score the most. So, mate, the scenes were electric. I think we've become a college football fans because both our NFL teams suck. So we're going to have to really concentrate on some college football now. There's nothing better than college ball at the moment. There's actually some touchdowns as well, uh, which we're missing in the NFL a lot lately. Uh, oh. I mean, look, no defense, but that's fine. I'm happy to sit there and watch these guys sling. You know, blokes out there like Hen and Hooker, um, your boy Hyatt. I mean, even mm. their running back, Gibbs, for Alabama, holy shit, he ran an absolute muck over you guys, didn't he? Yeah, I found that, like catching the ball he did. I felt like we actually were pretty good. Our front seven were solid in terms of stopping their run game, which I feel like it's an Alabama like, unwritten rule that they're just – I mean, they've always got good wide receivers, but the running backs normally have a bit of a field day and just run over the top of you, and that's how they just roll over the top. But we did pretty well. I think we only allowed 100 and something yards of rushing offense. But, yeah, Bryce Young was having himself a day as well. Oh, huge. I think he almost – he got 450-odd yards, a few TDs. Uh, but, yeah, as you sort of said, you managed to control his ground game, which I think, you know, if he can get his air and ground game, he's quite unstoppable. But you showed basically the way to beat them is essentially score a shit ton more points and just hope that their kicker misses a kick towards the end. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. Like, I mean, when we fumbled that ball and they ran one in, I was like, fuck, that's game over. That's such a disappointing way to go down. But – we just, I mean, we score so quickly. I said that to you during the game. I said it's ridiculous how quickly we can score, which obviously gives the team plenty of time. I mean, Alabama had far more ball, and I think that's pretty, like, a pretty, like, standard thing in our games. Like, the other team just seems to have the ball for so much longer. We rip it in, get it done, get the points. But I've seen people putting uh, comparisons to the 2019 LSU team saying, oh, look at all these ranked wins. And, I mean, these teams aren't ranked anymore, and people question that, but they're, ranked, they're not ranked anymore because we beat them. Um, but yeah, we, we've sort of got that defense that's not elite, but it's a bend don't break mentality. Like you, you just stick in, you stick with it, and you obviously your offense can score plenty of points, and you just sort of try and hold as much as you can. Yeah, and your boys just put it to it. So credit to them; they're there, they're sitting at number three. You're six and zero. Uh, look, they're playing football, they're having fun, and this is what it's all about. It's a good time, isn't it? Oh, college football is better when Tennessee is relevant, and it feels <laughs> like 1998 again. It's been so long since we've been good. 
Oh, huge. But yeah, speaking of uh, football, look, we'll tuck into some NFL first. I know we're both enjoying this. Uh, another couple of weeks away from some live in the studio. I've gone on sabbatical after finishing my exams today up into Brisbane. Uh, so I'm just uh, enjoying a little bit of tan on at the moment and things like that. But we shall be there soon. But to leave those fans, uh, we'll tuck into some NFL, as I just sort of said. A couple of big things that sort of come in. I want to sort of talk about one or two things right now for you. One coming off the straight. You mentioned LSU 2019, Joe Burrow, he returned to the Superdome. Is this, you know, and he came out a big winner. He dominated. Is this a way that he's going to revitalize his year? Is Joey Burr back? Yes and no. Look, I don't, it's funny because at the start of the year, I said if they'd won that game, I'd said, oh, that's a pretty decent win. Saints, Saints are a good team. Saints really haven't been fantastic this year. I know they were missing a lot offensively. Like I think Olave, Thomas, few other of their receivers are out and they're just not really playing the way that we expect saints football brand to be but yeah burrow burrow three touchdown passes 300 yards 28 to 37 look you can't question those numbers straight off the bat like he, he that was a fantastic game and his entrance to the stadium wearing jamar chase's jersey with just the icing on the cake the man does very well with picking his outfits i think that's it that's he's he's, he's bringing back the 2019 vibe he's embodying jamar chase 2019 2020 playoff win I think he's back, man. I hate to get in front of it. I hate to put myself out there, but Joey B's back. You look at the games he's got. He's got Falcons, Browns, Panthers, Steelers, Titans. Then they come up against the Chiefs in five weeks' time. Look, I think they can easily get a four, potentially even five wins out of there. And I think that the Bengals are back, baby. You know, you look at your division at the moment. It is in all sorts. Of, you know, mm. you guys are dropping games. Steelers either a hot and cold type thing. The Browns have got no fucking idea what they're doing, especially since Deshaun Watson has seemingly just removed himself from football entirely and just become a hand masseuse uh, full time. So I think, look, it's right for the picking. And if they pick up, as I said, Chiefs in five, six weeks, four games easily, these guys are back in the running. And our boy Joey B, he's ice cold and he's back. Yeah, I'm a bit more bullish on him than that. And I mean, yeah, purely on the fact that I don't like him. I've mentioned this many times before. Falcons is an interesting one this next game. I mean, they're not what we expected. They are a very decent football team. They played very well against 49ers, which we'll talk about soon. But yeah, look, the Bengals are playing much better football than they did to start the season. The division, yeah, is, is not a shambles, but it's definitely not what we thought it would be at the beginning of the year. I'm still not. I'm not thrilled with how we're going in terms of our record, but the way we've lost frustrating, but we're still in every single one of those games right until the end. And against teams, well, I mean, the Bills are the top. What's the name of only lost one game and Dolphins are struggling now, but they did look a decent team. So they're not horrible losses, but look, we're playing. I don't know if we play a team for the rest of the year that currently has a winning record. So that there's something for you. Yeah. I suppose touching on them, the Ravens, maybe we should touch on them now, but I suppose, Looking at them, a lot of your losses coming through, um, you know, where you got the Dolphins, the Bills, the Bengals, yep. now the Giants. Yep. No, so, been Bengals, so yeah, we're fine with Yeah, yeah that's right, sorry. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're sort of looking at those, and a lot of those games, you were up by a lot of points. You know, you had a good mm-hmm. 10, 20-point lead, and that yep. first half, you really came out and dominated. You know, you sort of said that, yes, obviously, Lamar is playing with some shit quality around him and things like that, but he was making it work. And it's the second half when you come on out and for whatever reason, just switch off. And I think for me, watching those past couple of losses, you know, obviously looking back, losing to the Giants isn't that bad now because they mm-hmm. are five yeah. and one, fine. Dolphins were quite good as well. We can see once Tua comes back that they'll revitalize. 
even though, yes, you are losing against decent teams, I think the fact that you're losing these leads is why I almost want to put a line through you now and say your team, like it just has no vibe in the championship quarter. You know, third quarter is that championship quarter. They've got yeah. no teacup, they've got no run, whatever's going on, they're just not doing it and they don't want to put the full effort in. And I think that's why you can't see them getting through the win and I hate to put the line through them, but I think that's what I'm vibing at the moment. Really, yeah, look, I- they're doing it. Yeah, look, I don't love that call, but at the same time, I can understand the, where where it comes from. Look, it, it's 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 a reasonable assessment. I don't, I still don't think we're bad. I think eventually, when it clicks, maybe we'll get it going. But yeah, to lose games like that, to give up leads like that, it's like as you said, like we start like a house on fire, and the other team makes adjustments, coaching adjustments. We don't. We just do the same thing over and over, and, and still expect the same result, which is crazy. And Marlon Humphrey actually tweeted that at the end of the game, the Albert Einstein quote about doing the same thing over and over and achieving the same result is in, is the definition of insanity. But yeah, we, we don't change things. And then, yeah, looking, there was someone tweeted the other day, uh, one of the Ravens sort of reporter guys saying Ravens defense has gotten a lot of the criticism for the fourth quarter meltdowns and deservedly so. However, the offense is plenty culpable too. Ravens have had 15 full four quarter drives. They've either thrown intercepts or fumbled on six of them. So 40% of fourth quarter drives have ended in a turnover. That is genuinely how you lose close games. Like, you can't hold on if you can't hold on to the rock and you can't keep possession, then you're going to give teams that play the two minute drill so well every chance to win the game. So yeah, look, it's disappointing and there is still promise there to win the games. Like we still we're in the games, we're not out of them. We could easily win them. There's a few changes to make, um, but yeah, look, that apparently is Deshaun Jackson. Apparently, he's our Lord and Savior for the coming up. I don't know about that one. That's fucking bizarre, but. Yeah, look, you mentioned wide receivers. Just sorry if I continue on. Lamar Jackson's wide receivers during his career so far, if I just rattle them off quickly, just some household names for you. John Brown, Michael Crabtree, Willie Sneed, Miles Boykin, Seth Roberts, Hollywood Brown, Des Bryant, Devin DuVernay, James Prochet, Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, and Rashad Bateman. Not really your typical quality wide receiver group. No, not at all. And as you sort of said, with um, Jackson, you know, coming in in the prime of his career at 35, a lot of those other guys, you know, what was it, Dez, Willie yep. Sneed and all oh, that, yeah. they came in at the back ends of their career, you know, just trailing in. So, Kicking the tyres, seeing if they're still alive. Oh, mate, exactly. And I, I don't know, someone came in and did say that, you know, Deshaun is the fastest guy on the planet or something stupid, and that's what they got him <laughs> for, his speed. I mean, Jesus, if they're running the over 35s flag comp, then, yeah, sure, he's probably going to have the good speed. But here at the moment, he's playing in the NFL. So I think this guy, I don't know what their plan is for him, whether they just want him to sort of be that long wide receiver two or whatever that sort of looks for those post routes or the, the verts. But... Clearly, we know that Lamar hasn't had the, the cattle, and that's fine. You know, Aaron, people like Aaron Rodgers, and it's always been a what could have, what had, what, you know, mm. what if type conversation. Sure. And it always is going to be, as you said, this is down to like um, front office type stuff, admin things that these guys need to go out and collect these people. Um, but, you know, at the moment, this is the decision that they've gone with. There was the opportunity to get Robbie Anderson as well, wasn't he? And mm-hmm. he, he got claimed yep. pretty much straight away didn't, after he got released by the Panthers. Yeah, Cardinals went hard on that. I think because Hollywood Brown is now out for the next few weeks. He's out mm. for six weeks. D-Hop's back soon, so that'll make us stronger. But, yeah, a- Anderson got kicked out of his game and he got, yeah, snapped up quicker than you could say, boo. But, yeah, look, if I can foreshadow Deshaun Jackson's career in Baltimore, it would be a 75-yard touchdown in one of his first few games, a couple of fumbles at the one-yard line, and then... <laughs> getting his cut so that's fine 
Look, we look forward to that, though. Uh, before we touch on this week's game as well, talking about guys getting cut from the Panthers, one thing I want to talk about the Panthers is obviously they're in a bit of disarray at the moment. Um, they're <laughs> all over the shop. And a big question that's going to come to the forefront is the CMC trade. Okay, now this is going to come up again and again. It's been coming up recently as well, but obviously there has been that sort of flicker of hope. You know, Darnold came in last year. Baker came in this year. There was sort of the QB battle, all that sort of thing. There was the yep. drafting of Matt Corral, um, and unfortunately he's injured. But I suppose in all these instances, there's sort of been these guys that they've had a decent team that could potentially compete, especially in their division. It's not so great. It's a little bit weaker. Um, but there has been that sort of light. Now that Baker Mayfield clearly sucks. They're one and five. Darnold is injured. He's not had a chance to come back at the moment. Anytime. Um, Corral, as I said, he's done for the season. So basically, and then obviously Robbie Anderson's gone. No one, no one else around there looks like they've got a chance to win, that they're going to have a chance to win. So for me, this looks like a season where they cut their ties, they go start tanking. Uh, does that mean that they either put away CMC and wrap him up in bubble and look towards the future, or they trade him off and just get bulk picks? Yeah, look, I've seen that being thrown around a lot lately. 49ers seems to be the name that pops up more often than not, which is a weird one for me. I mean, they're super injured, and I think if they're going to give up a lot of stock to get him, like you'd want to be in a window where you're going to win. Now, defensively, mm. yes, but with these injuries, I think they're, they're missing so many starters. So it's a lot to give up if you're not going to actually do it, make a whole dent on the season. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with the Panthers going forward. If there's a fire sale, what they do, what they do to rebuild. Because there's, I mean... Across the board, they've got some decent players. Like, I think we'll talk about one of the rookies later on, but like, there's got decent rookies on the line. I think they've drafted really well. Um, they've got a good wide receiver. They've, like, they've got players across the board that are decent. Their defense is actually quite nice, but yeah, they've just lost it. That's what I mean. Like, it's, it's always had that, like, a decent team. But now that, you know, as I said, that quarterback's gone, if you were sitting in the GM seat right now, mm-hmm. Would you turf CMC or do you go in one more year? Oh, it's hard because, yeah, look, the, the the potential of that guy is enormous. Yes, the injuries have clouded his career so far. But, yeah, this is one of those things is, is, is do you cash in at the right time at the top of the market to get the best you can for him just to rebuild the franchise? The franchise needs to be rebuilt. We know that. Like, they've not been good for quite a time now since the Cam Newton heyday in 2015. Um, man should have dived on the ball. But, mm. yeah, look, it, it's – it's yeah, it's Carolina really needs to make a change very soon. Yeah, I think I think I'm moving him on. You look at the guys that are coming through, you can pick up some few good running backs. We already talked about Gibbs. There's Blake Corum as well that's coming through at Michigan. There's plenty of those guys that are running through. And then you can also go – I mean, look, you've signed Matt Corral. Obviously, Sam Darnold was to a decent – um, deal and you're assuming that Baker Mayfield has got a few years as well but you can always look to that draft as well there's guys coming through like Bryce Young, Will Levis even Hannon Hooker is coming out as being like the guy so mm-hmm. I think there are plenty of opportunities out there for them to go and rebuild they get a couple of first round picks you never know what they could bring up you know as I said QB, wide receiver running back even like look at position players on the defense or the front seven and things like that you can really make this sort of a, a young core to build and just look to move to the future because clearly this year is done. There's there's no judgment about that. Yeah, that's right. And it's not the world's worst thing if you do a rebuild because, I mean, the rest of your division is kind of in a similar boat. I mean, once Tom Brady goes, the Buccaneers, yes, they've got the cavalry, but they'll need to find a direct replacement at quarterback. Um, Saints, we know, have struggled this year. They also need to find a quarterback. 
And also that leaves us with the Falcons. Man, the Falcons yeah. are probably the closest to making an actual rebuild. I mean, Mariota's been decent. Do they go again and find someone? But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what rookie quarterbacks go first. Now there's a lot of chop and change between CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. You mentioned Hendon Hooker, Will Levis. I mean, Hooker won't go that high, but he's making a case for himself. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of things to sit on and look at. So let's recap the week six. We had another absolute cracker on Thursday night. This time actually with some touchdowns, though. The Commanders took on the Bears. We mentioned this last week. Justin Fields, the experiment is over, and I think this one proved again. Look, he had one 40-yard touchdown pass, but other than that, it just showed that he's really not NFL capable. No, he's not. He's, he, he's really shit. Oh, yeah, no, I shouldn't say really shit. He's good on his feet, <laughs> he's, but he's just, he just, yeah, he doesn't have, lack the composure. The ball-throwing ability is just not there. Like, he's just really quite average. Might be a capable backup for someone, but he's just not going to be it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think on the other side of the coin, Carson Wentz, almost just oh. a shit, really, and he's a, he's a vet. The, the downhill slide that he has gone from that ACL injury where he was potential MVP um, he gets usurped by Nick Foles to win the Super Bowl. And just from then, it's just been disaster after disaster. And this one, 12 from 22, 99 yards. Uh, it was just an absolute shocker. But on the bright side, um, seeing Robinson come back and make his start after that mm. horrible accident of him getting shot just six weeks or seven weeks ago, it was amazing. You know, he pulled up a touchdown. He took plenty of carries, showed some grit, really enjoyed what he did on the offensive front. Yeah, I feel like they're really trying to feed this man the rock, really. Because uh, it's funny, there was a lot of people talking before the game, not dissing him, but saying like the bloke actually wasn't that fantastic in his college career. He played five years. He only played mainly in his last year and averaged like two point something yards per carry. So they didn't think he was actually that great. But yeah, look, he, he scored a touchdown and he had plenty of carries, but still the yards weren't there. But I don't know if that's more to do with Chicago's actually got an okay defense. Mm, they're not too bad. So look, that's the Thursday night rough games going. I think looking ahead, we've got some better options for the people to serve up. But no. touching in a couple of other big games, we sort of mentioned Falcons beat the 49ers, but I think we've got to touch on some of the new guys, the new QBs, Patriots mm-hmm. down the Browns. We talked about Bailey Zappi last week, how he controlled the game against the Packers last week. They went down in double overtime, I think, or overtime, sorry, not double, not college. Um, but he came back and they absolutely dosed the Browns, like ridiculously. This guy rolled through. 309 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, just walking away with no interceptions is a good game for a rookie. This guy threw over 300 and two tutties. Like, that, that's an amazing day, especially against that Cleveland defense that we know all about. It's just amazing. Yeah, he was exceptional for, for, for what they expect of him, like a low-round pick that no one was expecting to come in. Um, he's been fantastic, and I think Zap God himself has just – Cemented himself a pretty good place at the moment. I don't know how far Mac Jones is off, but that really begs the question about how long will we see Zappy in? I think if he keeps winning, this isn't like a Cooper Rush sort of thing over at the Cowboys where obviously Dak is earning a shit ton of money and it's clear that the offensive production is, there is a marginal difference between the offensive production of Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott, no doubt about it. But I mean, look, Mac Jones, he's on a rookie deal, so Zappy, I think you just let these guys fight it out. And at the moment, Zappy's got his foot in the door and he's going to be the starter until, you know, maybe the, something goes wrong. I mean, these are two guys that are like prototypical Bill Belichick players. And oh, yeah. I think, again, Bill's not going to have any favourites, is he? He is literally just going to let the guy with the best numbers play ball. Yeah. Oh, he certainly is. So, look, I, I really hope we see more of him. I really like how he goes about his game. Absolutely. Then on to another young fellow that balled out again, Zach Wilson and the Jets took down the Packers in their own house. Now, 
This was probably big, bigger on the defense. But I think, again, just another great game from Wilson. I mean, he didn't do much. But, again, if you're a rookie or second year in and you're not throwing interceptions like him at the Jets, I think that's a good day, isn't it? Oh, it's a fantastic day. And I think this this drives home the point we've mentioned before. There's nothing more exciting and good for a franchise about nailing draft picks and getting genuine starters in your roster. The Jets, and I will mention later in this uh, with one of my player things, Seahawks as well. Like the draft class for the Jets, the amount of guys that are starting, the amount of guys that are making contributions to this team is evident that if you nail your picks and you get it right, your team just significantly improves straight off the bat. That like, these guys are ready built to come in. People like the quarterback position is a bit harder, but these 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 mm. skill positions and all those sort of hard, like defensive positions really can come in and make a huge difference straight off the bat. Well, I mean, look at as we sort of talked about last week in our rookie checkup, Brees Hall. I mean, mm. the last two yeah. weeks he's balled out. I mean, again, he had another hundred yard game. Look, they get a win. Yep. It's it's a it's a it's a trend. You can see this guy. He's come in. He's revitalizing this offense. He's allowing. Is, is, is enabling that run game essentially and allowing a bit more space for Wilson. Now, again, Wilson didn't throw much. He didn't have to, but it was all on him. I mean, another guy as well, the defense, Sauce Gardner, like that guy is just, oh, it's, you just, every week we keep talking about the same guys, but there's a reason for it. I mean, these yep. guys just go out, ball out. Gardner's not even making that many tackles. It's because he's just dominating in them in the air. He's knocking the ball out. The past defenses are just absolutely ridiculous from this man. Yeah, the pass rating he allows is, is phenomenal. There's still people questioning him and saying he's not as good as what people are making out. Not not, not as good as what people are making out to be, but they need to sort of cool their jets on him. But I think he's been fantastic, and him wearing the cheese head was just unbelievable. I love that. Oh, topping on the cake, wasn't it? I think that's just shithousery. You don't sort of see outside of the Premier League that often, and now we're starting no. to see, see it a bit more in the NFL. We're seeing these guys. They're not allowed to taunt on the field, but... I loved it. I loved it. We're all for it. Look, a couple other big games. Uh, we talked about your Ravens going down to the Giants, the Bengals beating the Saints. I think another interesting one, the Vikings topped over the Dolphins. And then we look at the Bucs. Uh, they went down to the Steelers. Kenny Pickett, another rookie. He was great before he actually had to get taken off for injury. Um, and Trubisky was able to lead them away for the win. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, Chibisky was actually pretty good, and Chase Claypool decided to finally turn up for the first time this season after <laughs> we talked about being a top three wide receiver in the league. But yeah, look, we I didn't, didn't catch a whole lot of this game, but very very strange game for me. But yeah, Tom Brady is is he slowly falling off? I think look definitely you can sort of see just that control in the game. You know, twenty five of forty, only two forty yards. He's just, he's just being stumped at the wrong time and things like that. So, And, again, no interceptions by either side. And so, you know, defensive pressure was on, but it wasn't creating any turnovers and things like that. So these guys are just not sort of completing their sets. Look, I think we are going to, unfortunately, probably see a downhill slide from Tom Brady. You know, they always talk about, you know, quit while you're the hero, you know, before you live long enough to see yourself as the villain. And I think we're slowly starting to see his villain trend, Tom Brady. Oh, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah, look, I, I'm sad. It's going to be sad to see the back of him, but I think this looks like it could be the swan song. Yeah. Uh, and look, we, look, we got to look towards our two primetime games on the Sunday. They were huge. Buffalo got over the Kansas City Chiefs. This one was a great game. You know, it was not a blowout. You know, this just wasn't a crazy offensive game like we saw in the divisional playoff where the defenses yep. went to sleep. But it also wasn't an absolute slog fest 9 10. You know, this was a perfect 24 20 game. Where it just was, it, it just really summed it up. It was perfect in all respects, wasn't it? 
Oh, it was it was sensational. What a game this was. The one thing I did not didn't take not one thing I did take out of it, but uh, I was reading a thing about Patrick Mahomes and saying, I think when he's had drives in the last bit of the game to go ahead or like just try and win the game, he's thrown an interception four times or something crazy. Like it's when the game's on the line and he's trying to drive down the field and win it, he turns it over a lot. And I mean, you, you just don't see that. Like if that was a lot of another quarterback, Jackson, a few other blokes, like they would be getting absolutely sprayed for that. And he just doesn't seem to cop quite the same criticism, but there's, cause he does so many other great things. It sort of gets mm. masked behind that and they still win enough games. But yeah, sometimes he's, he's going into the last part of the game. He struggles a little bit. No, I think I can agree with that. And you could see that he was really pushing a lot of passes. Uh, the one thing that we sort of noticed was a lot of pressure coming towards him and he was having to make, and you know, he's normally great at making those decisions when, but when is, from yeah. playing behind and the pressure's coming up, you can sort of see that some of those throws were getting to him or he wasn't able to get them. I think Von Miller was just unreal. Like just oh. he, he caused those two sacks in, 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 in the perfect moment. You know, when you're talking about like game changing players, you know, on third down and short and things like that, and you're going to get down a tackle for a loss. That's yep. just an absolute, it's a momentum killer. And I think multiple times this Bills defense came out, killed the Chiefs' momentum, and either forced Mahomes into a rush play or like at the end of the game where they threw where he threw that interception. That was just a perfect, uh, just perfect pressure from them just to put enough for him to just, just miss that safety dropping down and was able to pick off his passes super easily. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, look, it's it could be a... a showing of what's going to be the AFC Championship game. It's very likely that that could end up like that. Uh, we don't know. Now it's too far out, but I wouldn't hate to see that again. These two teams have such cracking matchups. No, and I think they're already planned to look play again next year at Arrowhead as well. But I yes. suppose the big thing for the Bills is now that they have, they have the tiebreaker, if they both end up at number one, the no matter what, the road must go through Buffalo. And I think that is a positive for the Bills. Yeah, massive positive. That's so big. And then lastly, look, we're looking at the Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles come away with this win. They move to 6-0. and They have clearly solidified themselves. I think as much as the Bills and the Chiefs played off, i got to give credit to them. I said this last week that I still thought the Bills and the Chiefs were best, but I think now after proving themselves against Dallas, again, decent Dallas team, they're 6-0. and I think they rightly are and should be the number one team in the NFL. Yeah, that was my, going to be my question to you. Is 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 this the best team in the NFL at the moment? My quick answer would be no. Uh, they're probably one of the most complete teams overall, mm. but I don't know if they're going to be the best team now. Obviously, their their records suggest so, but I still think Bills, Chiefs. I don't know if anyone else in the NFC is better, but. I just think that they're they're very complete across the board. Um, Hertz is still going to be the one that's going to be the question mark because the rest of the team is very, very, very good. Uh, Look, I think I enjoyed what he did. Uh, That game was unreal. I thought their second quarter was amazing. You could not put Mm -hmm. a foot wrong that whole second quarter. I mean, they let in the field goal towards the end of the half, but to put on 20 points, that was outstanding. You saw them making good runs. They really pressured on Cooper Rush as well and just weren't allowing him to get away with anything. And I think that sort of proved why there are the talks of people did talk, oh, should Cooper Rush start if he keeps winning? It's like, well, there actually is a difference. And you can see him when the pressure was put on, what does he throw? 181 and three interceptions. So this is why they do need Dak eventually. But I just 
the Philly guys, these are crazy. And it's not young guys as well in their defense. You look at those guys like Fletcher Cox and all those older guys. They're, they're, they're the ones leading the charge, you know. They're the old guys that were there from the last Super Bowl and they're still out there balling out. And it's just ridiculous. Oh, it's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And then we would be remiss without talking about the Denver at Los Angeles Chargers game on, again, another oh. primetime shit show, uh, which the Chargers win in OT after that late turnover from a muff punt. Uh, there were no words for that, really. There were no words. Oh, that was just, that was just smart football play by whoever that guy was to just push your bloke into the other one, yeah. cooked him and got the ball back. I was like, this game is just going to end in a draw. No one is going to score here. Mm. But, yeah, not much scoring. I mean, Herbert threw, what, the most passes ever in history without throwing a touchdown. Correct. So, I mean, yeah, it still speaks volumes to your defense. Your defense is fantastic. Your offense, not so much. Russ started really nice, 10 for 10. We thought, shit, we're on here. Here we go. Russ Mm. is cooking. And Russ turned the oven off and then just left it open. Yeah. What what the fuck was that? Like, again, you talk about the Ravens turning off after halftime. What about Danger Russ? Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. This... This is like, as you said last week, you know, he's got a game in him. Well, he had a, he had half a game in him. And then he just, for some reason, someone must have tapped him on his shoulder and go, hey, mate, do you remember you're actually shit? And he goes, oh, yeah, that's right. I am shit. I'll go play like shit again. And yeah. it just, it ruined the whole thing. I don't know what the go was that. Again, we only targeted Jerry Judy a couple of times. I, I don't know why we use Latavius Murray over um, Melvin Gordon as well. Mm, like he, mm. That was the other big one. Melvin Gordon got rushed three times for the whole game. And I mean, yeah, weird. Especially when, like, we're not, we weren't really playing from behind it much as well. So I think there was plenty of opportunities to rush throughout the whole game. Um, but, you know, we kept putting the ball in Russell's hands or even Latavius Murray. And not a knock on Latavius, but yeah. it, there's a reason why he got released from another team. Yeah, we released him because, I mean, he was solid without being amazing. But yeah, he's just one of those guys that does a job for you when you need someone. He's not a wide running back one. He, he was decent for a while when he was at Saints, Vikings, but he's, he's a journeyman. He's been around, mm. and he'll do a job for you, which he's done for you guys. But, yeah, the whole Melvin Gordon thing was super, super strange. Jerry Judy got targeted seven times for three catches. Cortland Sutton, three targets, two catches for 14 yards. I mean, we talked about your wide receiving core. We liked him at the start of the year. You lost someone injury, didn't you? Tim Patrick, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, so look, I mean, yes, you lost one guy, but I mean, Sutton, for a guy that's, I mean, we he was going to be very good. He's had some good games this year, but Russ just isn't using your guys to their potential. No, it's just like he wants to target one guy each game and share the ball around for some reason, you know. Like last week, it was Sutton. He was just had nothing but eyes for Sutton. This week, it was no eyes but for Judy, um, and then he mm-hmm. just couldn't get them to him. Maybe next week, it'll be KJ Hamler. I mean, he keeps sending it to weird guys like Greg Dolchich, for Christ's sake, got a couple of targets and scored only touchdown. Like, who thought he was going to get the ball in his hands? It's yeah, just, I saw a couple. It's, it's really strange. Yeah, it is strange. I saw a couple of bets that were popping up on, like, BR betting and stuff like that for first touchdown scorer being Greg Dolchich. I mean, you're taking the piss if you're putting him as your first touchdown scorer, but well played. Well played. Well played indeed. So, but look, the Chargers get away with one there. I think, as we said, it just shows our defense is there, but... The offense is not complete, and whatever's going on in Russ's Wilson's head, he better fucking pull his head out because I swear to God, as long as we're not on primetime and the rest of the nation can watch us, I don't mind. I feel like you've got multiple primetime games left. I feel like the, you guys have been scheduled for so many this year, and I think there's still a few more to come. 
Well, I mean, obviously, obviously, seeing Russ has pulled the wool over our eyes to spend two hundred fifty million <laughs> on him. He's pulled the wool over ESPN's eyes to put him mm. in prime time. Like the whole thing is just a—it's an absolute sham. It's—it's it's a bigger sham than Scientology, for Christ's sake. But anyways, look, I digress. It's in the past, and we look forward to the future. But before we do that, we need to talk about the winners of our awards this week, starting with our rookie watch. Who was your best rookie of the week, Cam, and why? Oh, we talked about this guy before, and we love him. Uh, not a not a known commodity, but uh, coming into the draft out of UTSA, we talked about him in the top five last week. Tariq Woolen, uh, four weeks, four intercepts, last last four games, another intercept this week. He has just been lights out. This guy has been exceptional. The Seahawks rookie class is awesome. They've got another cornerback there, Kobe Bryant, not the uh, one that we think from the NBA, spelled differently, same name. But, yeah, look, I think Tariq Woolen has just been exceptional for what we expected of him going into the season. I can't see why. Look, I could have given it to Kenneth Walker too. Mm. He was pretty good. 21 rushes, 97 yards, touchdown, and two catches, 13 yards. No, that's not crazy, but still very good. I think Kenneth Walker, it's his his broken tackles that everyone loves. It's just those absolute trucking nut runs that he does. It's like beast mode 2.0, really, that guy. Um, But no, Tariq Woolen, huge get. For me, I'm going a bit less sexier this week. I'm going the offensive tackle, Ikem Aquanu. He was balled out last week. We talked about him potentially making it, but we had some other better ideas. But this week, he's been dominating out there on the offensive line against the Panthers, who are under siege essentially a lot. So this guy's getting plenty of work. But this week, he had 23 pass-blocking snaps. He allowed zero sacks, pressures, and zero hurries which is astounding considering what sort of shit they're running under center these days. And the man has not actually allowed a sack since week two. So I think this guy is actually, for all that's worth and for all the rubbish that Baker Mayfield has been sending out the first six weeks, this guy has actually been getting out there and at least doing his best to protect that goddamn man, even though he is just that poor. Oh, this man must be fucking shitting bricks each week because he's got so much pressure on him. He's doing such a phenomenal job. Yeah, Kwanu's awesome. He's a great tackle and he's a tackle for the future for them. As we talked about earlier, Panthers have got some good rookies that we're going to have to see in the rebuild. Yeah, massive. Uh, looking to offensive player of the game now. Uh, I think it's it's not going to surprise anyone that we've basically just looked at the Bills-Chiefs game. Uh, for myself, I've got Josh Allen, 329 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and he made some great plays with his legs. They're talking about that sweet-ass hurdle, uh, that was just ridiculous when he got over there. And that was in the clutch too, wasn't it? Fucking elite. Yeah, does that put our man Josh Allen as the MVP front runner? Hundred uh, percent. He's been the best so far. I think Herbert and him were sort of early days uh, good mm-hmm. runners for the MVP. I think yeah. I went Herbert for a little bit of value, but look at the moment, Josh Allen. He's that man. He is the guy. Yeah, well, that's it. I think looking at our preseason awards, you and Michael both went Josh Allen. I went Josh Herbert just to be a little different because I thought, yeah, Allen's probably going to be it. But yeah, it's it's probably the safest bet. He's it's looking very day. good. Yeah, they're looking very good. Jalen Hurts is the only one putting up putting up a contention with him at the moment, I'd say. There's a couple of other guys that are there and abouts, but Hurts is the other one mm. if they keep winning. But Allen's playing electric football. Yeah, massive. Uh, who who came as your offensive player of the week there, Cam? Well, as you said, we're talking about the Bills, and I said, I mean, someone's got to catch the passes coming out of uh, Josh Allen's hands. So 10 receptions, 148 yards, and a touchdown, Stefan Diggs. I mean, Josh Allen revitalized, not revitalized his career, but took his career to another level. Like him being working. I mean, they seem like good mates and they're just fantastic duo. And Diggs is just ridiculous each week. And Allen just really, I mean, they thrive together and they're a great duo, probably one of the best in the league, to be honest. 
Oh, it's outstanding. You know, last year we had Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup. This year it's Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and it is just undeniable how good they are. Yeah. Uh, but looking at the terrorising of those defences, some of these guys, they stood up this week, actually. Uh, for myself, there were some good plays outside, but it's hard to go past the Broncos. In what was a sombre affair, Alex Singleton racked up 21 tackles, which is ridiculous. Three shy yeah. of Luke Keekley's record of 24 in a game. Um, but that was just outstanding. I think the next best was like 10 tackles, which was ridiculous. He also had a pass defense. So, and I think for them to keep, you know, Herbert to what he was, uh, they did really well. And it's just, it's just a testament to what these, these guys are putting through uh, considering the offense just cannot stay on the field. Yeah. The VB Hardoon index would have been off the fucking charts for Singleton. I mean, that's just a lot of work. Um, look for me, it's hard to go past a potential defensive player of the year candidate from the start of the season. He's starting to play a bit like that now. Miles Garrett, he found the zap got on two occasions, took, took him down twice, but that's okay. Five tackles, three solo, two two sacks, quarterback hit. So, look, he, he's Garrett's, Garrett is dangerous every week and he's made his presence felt. Unfortunately, they didn't get the win, but he did the best he could and I thought he was very good this week. Yeah, massive. Look, so uh, as we always do, those will be up on our socials for you guys to vote and we'll get them going. But look, moving on to our player stonks. Again, it's always a tough week with rising interest rates out on the market, but we are here to tell you who to buy and sell, especially with some of the shit that some teams are wrapping up. You really need to get on high and then buy, sell high. Sell high, buy low. Yes. Anyways, <laughs> as we roll in, for me, I am buying Von Miller. Now, this is absolutely ridiculous what this guy is doing at the moment at 33. A couple of years ago when he got released by the Denver Broncos, I just thought, what are you doing? This guy's still at the peak of his power. Um, he came back. He went straight to the Rams, basically helped them win a chip. Uh, he just dominated with those guys. And then you can see he's gone across the bills now and clearly they are one of the better defences in the league and they are showing up. He's turning up at the right time. And you can see as well the Rams, they they clearly look lost without him as well on the defence. So, I mean, this guy so far, he's had 12 tackles, six of them are sacks. And as we sort of mentioned, like just at the, at the time of play, this guy turns up on those third and shorts. He turns up on the right time to manage that game and really jam a wedge right in that offense and just kill any sort of momentum. Yeah. Oh, fuck. He's ridiculous. Like he just, yeah, I mean, he's wherever he goes, he's just fantastic. And it's a player you want on your roster and the money's worth it. The money they spent on him, I know it was a crazy deal. I know it was front heavy loaded at the front, but or late, I can't remember which one. Either way, he's just been a phenomenal pickup for them and it's going to take them as far as they can go. That is going to be a scary defense come the end of the season. Yeah, absolute ring magnet, that guy right now. So who is you, who are you buying this week? Oh, we've talked about him before and, and we've talked about the reason why we love rookie classes that kill it. And I've gone to see Hawks rookie class. I, I just, we thought absolutely piss all of the Seahawks coming into the season. Now they're not like going to be top of the top of the conference, top of the league, but they're winning games with Geno Smith at quarterback. If you, I told you, if you told me that at the start of the year, mm. I would have laughed you out of the building. But look, going through their picks, Charles Cross been playing excellent. Um, not this week gone, but the two weeks prior, 69 pass blocking snaps, zero sacks allowed. He's just been holding his own the last few weeks. Boy Marfe, probably one you don't hear as much on, but made some really good plays in this game. Um, and he's been solid through the start of the season, 15 tackles a sack and started like the last few games at the outside linebackers. I mean, he's found himself in the starting roster. Kenneth Walker, we talked about before. Abraham Lucas has been sitting in the top 10 rookies of the, of the year so far. 
Um, even in the top five, potentially, this guard has been just exceptional. So there's two guys on your offensive line. That's why Genus is playing great. Their offensive line's fixed up. And then you've got Kobe Bryant, the cornerback, and Tariq Woolen. Now you've fixed up your secondary really hot. You've fixed up your offensive line. You've got a running back. I mean, they've just nailed this draft, and, and it's probably one of the better drafts we've seen in quite a while. Yeah, and it's all thanks to all the picks that they picked up from dosing Russell Wilson across to us for just <laughs> an absolute steal. Like, you just got to look at what – I mean, that's why guys like Pete Carroll stick around, and they are just timeless because they just know what the right thing to do is. Every, even when everyone else thought the right thing to do is to keep Russell, and this guy is just playing eyes up footy, isn't he? So uh, those are the ones you want to buy. Looking at the ones you want to sell now, it's we sort of mentioned that the Panthers need to sell off all available assets to fund a new draft team. Now I think they also need to sell off that QB room. What was once going to be an absolute hive of activity at the start of the year where you had Darnold v. Baker, and you also had Matt Corral chiming in every third. All three of them are all on injured reserve at the moment. I believe that Darnold will be coming back to practice this week, but he won't be available for playing. Baker's out for another four. Corral's out for the season. It's just in a shambles. This week they had to bring in the game between PJ Walker and Jacob Eason. Uh, you know, if you're handing either of those guys the key to the castle, then you know you're in a dire strait. So, look, sell on the Panthers QB room. And as we said, trade CMC. Yeah, yeah. Someone, someone's got to do something to get that man out of Carolina, poor bastard. Um, now, my, I, I'm selling. Well, I mean, you could be buying shares, but you'd be selling hard on the uh, retirement village, Goodwin retirement village. I'm talking about quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Is it finally time we're seeing a changing of the guard? Um, Aaron's. I mean, it's. Is it showing that he uh, had a weird offseason in terms of what he did, slandered his team, slandered the front office and all sorts of things? And, I mean, it's it's playing out like that. He's looking like a guy that had that sort of offseason. Yeah, his receivers are pretty ordinary, um, but that's pretty standard for Green Bay. And the Brady's starting to, I don't know if his personal life's affecting him at the moment, but he's just not looking like he was last year. Look, I think you'd even throw Russell Wilson into there, but I'm sure <laughs> yep. Rogers is sitting there kicking himself, thinking, damn, that Denver job looks pretty good right now. I think he mm-hmm. could have done a lot more with these receivers than what uh, Wilson's doing. So, look, yep. sell on Rogers' decisions. Whatever he does, do the opposite because whatever <laughs> shit he's doing nowadays out in the forest, smoking this, smoking that, it is just not giving him a clear state of mind so look those are all our awards for this week as we said up on the socials check them out get on top of them we'll be all over them uh but we look forward to week seven i did say all the shitty primetime games were over i may have slightly lied we do have the saints heading to the cardinals this week uh which should be an interesting matchup i think look you look at the cardinals recently kyla murray has not been firing at all whatever they've got going has been horrible but you feel like this is still a decent team a sleeping giant waiting to be woken the New Orleans Saints, on the other hand, have zero offense. Andy Dalton, credit to him, has actually come in like he did a few a year or two ago at the Cowboys as well um, and just served as a really nice backup. But I believe he is questionable as well, so is James Winston and all their uh, wide receivers. So not sure what they're going to be able to pick up. I see Arizona winning this one in a landslide. Yeah, this could be an interesting one. It could be a high-scoring game. We see, I think this is the week we see D-Hop back. Is that right? Potentially either this week or next, yeah. 
Yeah, so that could be interesting. That could make a bit of a change. We'll see Robbie Anderson potentially suit up for the Cardinals if he's allowed to this week. Marquise Brown is out. So, yeah, look, they'll need some help at wide receiver. It'd be interesting to see if the Saints get their wide receivers back. But, yeah, look, it's not the best primetime game as we've come to expect. <laughs> Poor old Amazon. They're the one that had to front up the bill. But sure. So we look forward then to the Sunday slate of games Monday morning for us. We have the Bengals taking on the Falcons, the Lions and the Cowboys, the Colts and the Titans in a divisional matchup. Packers and Commanders in what could be uh, maybe a resurgence for old Rogers. Bucks v Panthers, an interesting one that we probably uh, wouldn't have looked at for very long. Giants and the Jags now both sort of young teams up, up and coming. Jags have been putting up a lot of points lately, but not getting the results. Uh, if they could potentially knock off a Giants, they could really put you know a knock on this on this five and one team and really ruin their credentials a bit for the um, for the long run. Oh, yeah, they definitely could. I, I think the Giants, they're, they're an underrated team, and I think they're starting to get a bit rated, but like I think they should get away with this one here and make it 6-1. and one. I mean, this is just crazy from the NFC East. Yeah, nuts. And then looking at your guys, look, Ravens, you're hosting the Browns. Now, what should be an absolute runaway from you again, as we sort of said, the offensive struggles yeah. of the Browns. But knowing what we know, seeing what we've seen, the ticker of those boys running out after halftime, what are your thoughts on this one? Give me, give me a rundown. What are your, what are your feelings? What does your gut tell you about this game? Uh, this one always tells me it's going to be closer than you always think. These games are ridiculous and they're so frustrating. Um, yeah, look, I mean, if you're a team that's playing the Ravens at the moment, you probably take not comfort, but like you probably have still a little bit of confidence. If you're getting blown off the park in the first half, you already think shit. These guys are going to fail. We can still come back here. So, look, I hope we roll them and just take them out, but. I'm not super confident these games are always tend to be closer than I think. Yeah, crazy. It'll, it'll really test you guys, I think. You look at that defense over at the Browns. We just keep talking about them, those guys. Miles Garrett leading the front there. I think it's a test. It really is because this is a team that you could blow out quite easily. And then I think you really need to focus on putting the foot on the throat and just going in for the kill, taking no mercy, having that fun football where you go out, you see what the Bengals did to you guys. They just drop points on you, bulk, bulk points. And yeah. I think... You know, that's what you guys want to do because that's going to bring the kids back. That's going to bring the fun back for these guys because they want to go out. They all want to score the touchdowns. And I think to get that life back into the facility, it's got to be a dirty win over the Browns where you just flog them into the ground. Yeah, hopefully a Deshaun Jackson, if he's starting 75-yard touchdown to win the game, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> Huge. Uh, looking at us, we actually host the Jets in which we're going to be the underdogs now for once. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Look, you're looking at Zach Wilson, Brees Hall, that really young offense coming in, and hopefully the defense of the Denver Broncos at home will be able to put a stop to those those guys. Yeah, I'm going to go on a limb here in Sarek, and you guys might get the W here. I reckon you might knock the Jets off. Yeah, I think the only way that we do it is, as I said, by the defense. You take that young offense and you just surprise them. You just roll straight on top of them and you just ruin them, which would be unfortunate to see because you like these guys. Brees Hall, I've got the money on him to win the Offensive Player uh, Rookie of the Year, but we need Russell Wilson to pick it up. And a game against the Jets' defense, I think that could really help him. Yeah, just don't throw to sauce. <laughs> That's true. Uh, looking at again, the Raiders host the Texans. Looking at the next couple of big games, Chargers and the Seahawks. Now, this could be a close one. As we sort of said, Geno Smith has come together. He's looking at comeback player of the year. And yep. you, the Chargers coming off, you know, a shaky win. They wouldn't be happy about that at all, to be honest. They would have wanted to put points on the board against what we said is that young secondary that's coming across really amazing. Justin Herbert is going to be trying to air it out. 
uh, he could be right for the picking here. Yeah, I think that's going to be a cracking game. Like, yeah, Chargers. I mean, when Keenan Allen comes back, it'll be interesting. But yeah, I, hope, I look. I'm keen to keep the seeing the Seahawks bus rolling. I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying Geno Smith. So I hope that they can get the W there. Yeah, Legion of Boom 2.0. 49ers host the Chiefs. And then finally to round it out will be the Dolphins and the Steelers. Now, I believe the contentious issue to a Tonga Vailoa. He comes out of concussion protocol, but I don't believe know whether he is going to suit up or not this week. Yeah, look, it'd be a massive risk. I mean, if they go three and four, their season, not derailed, but it's, yeah, the longer he's out, the worse they're looking. But, yeah, there'll be a lot of issues. If he comes back in and then somehow, uh, fingers crossed, he doesn't, gets knocked out, they'll be absolutely hell to pay. Yeah, and I suppose looking at their division, they are sitting in with the Bills. The Patriots are sort of coming back a bit. So it's a division where you don't want to be losing games just because the guy's out injured. They also risk uh, Skylar Thompson, who I believe is out as well. So, look, if the buck does fall, it'll be to Teddy Bridgewater, and he'll be taking on Mitch Trubisky because I believe Kenny Pickett will be out for this week as well. Uh, So that could be interesting. Some two sort of stuttering offenses playing against some decent defences. Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. And then look, this uh, Monday night game actually doesn't look. It's it's not fantastic. Again, the primetime games aren't looking great, but we might see Zappy go to another win. Yeah, huge. I think he's just going to pile on the hurt for this Bears defense, this Bears team. You can see the Patriots, as we've always said, they've never had amazing players, but they've always just had solid across the board. And I think that's what's going to really put the pressure on the Bears. You can see that Justin Fields is just a turnover waiting to happen. So there's going to be plenty of ball for Zappi. They're going to be able to play a a perfect game plan. You just watch. Whatever Bilicek has drawn up, it's going to absolutely squeeze the life out of those guys, just like a Cobra waiting for its prey. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, look, it should be a blowout. Huge, and that wraps us up for week seven. We look forward to that. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we sort of touched on a bit of college football, uh, some crazy games over the weekend. You know, oh. your guys won. And I think, unfortunately, outside of that, the only other big loss was obviously Michigan toppled Penn State. Those guys are absolute ballers. And then, unfortunately, Utah knocked over USC by one point, 43 to 42. Yeah, oh, look, yeah, some crazy results and it's unfortunate for your guys to get taken down. Um, Michigan, like, they're kind of going under the radar. I know they're ranked, what? What are they ranked now? Five. Still ranked five, so they're not oh, making... they might be lower. They might be four. No, they are, so they're four now, five. yeah, 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 yeah. So you guys they are them. four now, but, like, their defense is electric and their oh. running back is bloody awesome, as you Blake said. Blake yeah. Yeah, well, far out. But, yeah, their defense just absolutely held Penn State to piss all. We saw Kansas drop against Oklahoma. Ole Miss is still undefeated. Now, that makes it interesting for the SEC West. Will we see Bama beat them and then make their way to the SEC Championship, or could we see Ole Miss take it to them? I don't know, but, yeah, Georgia looked good rolling. TCU is another undefeated team. The Horn Frogs took care of uh, Oklahoma State in double overtime. So there's another undefeated team. They're sitting at eighth, and they're a sneaky chance to get in. Yeah, it's, it's wild, isn't it? I mean, because you look forward to week eight, there's plenty of uh, ranked matchups. You guys take on UT Martin, so I'm assuming the towards the next end of your draw is going to be very easy beats until you come up against Georgia. Uh, we have a great game against Syracuse, who are undefeated, sitting at 14, who take on Clemson undefeated in a big ACC clash. Uh, then a couple others, UCLA take on Oregon, which is probably going to decide the Pac-12 right now. So Utah have yeah. got one side of it after they've taken the win on us. But I think this UCLA versus Oregon game is going to be huge in the grand scheme of the Pac-12. Yeah, I think UCLA can keep rolling. I I really like them, so hopefully we can see them still roll on. 
Uh, Alabama, Mississippi State. Alabama obviously need to win that. TCU player Kansas. So there's actually some really good ranked matchups here. Um, if Syracuse can do a job on Clemson, that makes it very exciting for the top four. It just leaves it so open. But, yeah, look, we've got a bit of a cupcake game against our lesser school uh, subsidiary, UT Martin. But, as you said, the schedule going forward, we take on Kentucky the week before, week after that, we, and then it's Georgia, and then our run home's not too bad. Mizzou, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. So if we can get through the next three games, I mean, potentially one loss, maybe two losses, but if we can roll Georgia, we're putting ourselves in a fantastic position to make the top four. Yeah, absolutely. SEC Championship coming your way. So I think that's week eight, and we're getting to the pointy end of college football. Only five more games after this, which is going to be awesome. So I think we're going to have to start looking at a few things coming down there. It's been a great week. It's been a great year so far, and it keeps rolling on again. And I think, you know, we look forward to the week after. Yeah, super exciting times ahead. Perfect. Catch us all on the socials, and we'll see you all next time. Thanks for letting us in your crib. It's been real.